Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yes, 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 it's the big interview again, and as a special treat, we've brought you not only a Premier League footballer, but a Champions League footballer, Pablo Zabaleta of Manchester City, who'll be going up against Barcelona again this week. We're talking to an Olympian, a guy who goes for burgers with Kobe Bryant, Olympic gold medalist, Pablo Zabaleta, but somebody who'll also explain to us that life was hard for him right from the very earliest stages. He's had to struggle, struggle with emotional maturity, physical maturity from his earliest days when his mother died when he was very young and he had to move to Buenos Aires. But along the way, that struggle, this sport of football that we love, has brought him joy. Imagine being an Argentinian who's lost in the World Youth Championship two years before and suddenly discovers that Messi exists and He's very good, and he's Argentinian. Pablo tells us about that sensation. He also tells us about one of the great Premier League moments ever. Do you remember Kun Aguero? Martin Tyler shouting his name? Well, Pablo scored the forgotten goal that day, the beautiful goal that day. We're going to hear about the reason that Andres Iniesta raised his Spain jersey in the 2010 World Cup to reveal a homage to Danny Harkey because Pablo Zavaleta was Danny Harkey's friend and teammate. But we start with Pablo happily describing that 2005 World Youth Championship, the semi-final in Utrecht against Brazil. And he's about to score a very important and very beautiful goal. And that's what you'll hear now. I'm really impressed, Pablo Zavaleta, that you're willing to welcome me twice to Manchester after the <laughs> first time so many years ago when uh, it was your English that got us through because oh, my Spanish not. was so poor. It's not. <laughs> it, that was the yeah, case no, then. No, no. So thank you. No, and we're back. We're back to talk to you uh, as, a, as a footballer of great achievement. Hmm. And we want to do something we've never done before in an audio podcast and begin by showing you something. Begin by showing you you. And then we want to talk about it, because mm. maybe this is your greatest goal ever. But once we show you it, we want to take you back uh, to one. that occasion. On the 20. And we want to try to uh, remember it and what it meant to you and the people around you, because it's a special goal and a special moment. Marlon, yeah, play it yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, a little bit unlucky uh, like there. It's a brilliant strike. Let's, it, let's it is, uh, establish. Left foot. <laughs> let's say this. Brilliant left foot. <laughs> Nobody can see this that's listening to the uh, podcast. Maybe you know the, the British goal I have scored it's as a player, but it was an important one. And I will tell you something. I, I had the opportunity to play two years before that. On the 20s as well, we played in Abu Dhabi and we lost uh, against Brazil in the semi-final. So for me, that was a special game because I said to the player before the game, I was the captain, and said, listen, uh, that would be so frustrating for me personally to get beaten by Brazil. You know, between Argentina and Brazil rivalry. rivalry. Yeah, well, just about football, nothing else because uh, we, we go on holidays and we enjoy the... You know, the weather in Brazil is a, a beautiful country, to be honest. But in football, it's a big, big game. So um, I say to the lads, listen, uh, I cannot get beaten by Brazil twice in the same tournament. That would be frustrating. And sometimes on the 20, you, people underestimate this tournament. But you cannot realise how important that tournament is at that age. Because you play only once. Then when you are over 20, you don't play this tournament anymore. Maybe I had the opportunity to play twice, but maybe a few players can do that. I think even Aguero, he was in this squad and then he won also in Canada two years after that. So not many players can play two times the same tournament. But for me, it was like I cannot be beaten by Brazil twice as well. You know, I mentioned that uh, before the game uh, because for me it was uh, an special uh, moment because I was captain of the team and uh, Messi was there. And we were a really good team and uh, it was a great opportunity at that age to go into the final and, and, and of course, try to win it. And then, of course, when he scored that goal, I think Messi scored a fantastic goal. Uh, the one there was uh, and a great strike by Messi, left foot, top corner. Coming in from yeah, the right. Coming, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, there was the keepers a, nowhere. No, 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 no chance for the goalkeeper. It was fantastic. Then we conceded by set pieces, one-one, and I thought at the moment, oh no, again, please. So uh, when he scored that goal, even if it was not the greatest or the British goal I ever scored, it was a, a huge, huge moment. And we celebrate that uh, as a final. You know, um, it was a fantastic achievement. Uh, then to beat Nigeria in the final and it was fantastic you know at that age you, I think you enjoy massively those moments and, and also because then is the moment where you come to Euro to play a big tournament people from different clubs going you know scouting uh, you know sport directors going to watch those games and uh, those tournaments and it's a massive uh, chance for everyone to show how good we can be to come to Europe because for Argentinian players, young players, we can play a few years in the Argentinian league. But obviously, you always have a dream to go to Europe and play in a, in the biggest competitions in the biggest league. So uh, after that, I signed for the Espanol and that was my new life in Europe. Yeah. When you go to, we've spoken to in the series, we've spoken to Xavi. But when in the same tournament, the World Youth Tournament in 99 in Nigeria, mm-hmm. we've spoken to Damien Duff, who I guess you probably played against in the, in the Premier League, played for Chelsea, for Ireland. They, they weren't far there. They talked about what it changes you as a young man playing in the World Tournament under 20s. When you go mm-hmm. to a foreign country 
quite young guys. So yeah. you'd been to UAE before, two years yeah, before. Yeah. But still, you're in a completely different culture. Yeah. You're together. I guess there's not only the ambition to become a world champion, yeah. but there's a sense of adventure too, and a sense of curiosity about the country you're in, Holland in this instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's new to you, it's different, and that opens your eyes and your ears, I guess, as a yeah. young footballer. Yeah, of course, even uh, playing in those stadiums for us is amazing as well, coming and spend one month too far away from our country, you know, having the chance to have your family close. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, for European players, when they play in Europe, they have a chance maybe to, to bring more often their the families because it's not too far. You know, maybe in two hours' time, you go in, uh, from uh, England to Spain or Germany, I don't know, it's, everything is very close in Europe. And that tournament was in, in Holland. And, and it was so funny because... Even there was Wi-Fi, internet was, you know, the main thing for everyone. Everyone, no, they have a laptop, you know, um, and we needed to buy a car, which was uh, 10 euros, you know, for one hour to be connected on the internet. And for us to spend 10 euros converted to pesos, it was, you know, it was too much. And it's of course, in that message, you know, the, the, the chat, uh, it was at that time massive because you, you wanted to connect to the internet and speak to, you know, family and stuff, but to spend... <laughs> I was not the tightest uh, man in the squad, but for everyone, it was, uh, we were trying to buy between four and five players one car and using it and, share it and sharing, the, you know, the laptop, 10 minutes each player... And sometimes those kind of things, you know, make you appreciate sometimes how difficult things are for everyone. Nothing is so easy. And this is part of uh, our life in, in South America. You know, nothing is so easy. You have to, you know, it's a big challenge for everyone. And, and you have to make a big effort sometimes to first to be disciplined when you are young, because in my case, when you are 12 or 13 years old, you have to move to a different city, in that case, Buenos Aires, where all the big clubs concentrate in, in one place, which is Buenos Aires, which is really big, and you have to uh, leave your family when you're young, and you have to go there, and, and then to be, as I say, be a professional, be disciplined of what you're doing, and then try to, to reach or play your first game with the first team and, and then football continue and then is the time. When I was 20, that was probably at that time, back in the days, having 20 years old, it was the moment where probably everyone was playing in, in the first division and then going to Europe. Now things seem to change a little bit. Sometimes now you see a young lad or at the age of 17 mm -hmm. playing in 10 games doing well and then the big clubs in Europe which is going there to try to buy and the club in Argentina selling because they need the money because they need the money yeah. but sometimes at the age of 17 you are probably mentally not well prepared to leave as I say one thing is in my case I left my home when I was 12 but I was in Buenos Aires which is two hours away from that so my family was going every weekend to, to see the games and uh, I, I could spend a few times with them. This is San Lorenzo? But then, yeah, that was in San Lorenzo. But then when I went to Barcelona, it was 12 hours fly. It was not too close. And, 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 and my family, my parents, they were working. 
when you go from you know South America to Europe, it's a massive change. But mentally, you have to be well prepared for this. If not, it's a at the age of 20, your dreams, uh, you know, all your energy, everything you got that, or you need to, to become, uh, to have success in Europe because you come in to play in the biggest competition with the greatest players around you and, 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 and you have to compete well enough to, to succeed. You have so, to be like a man. You have to be like a man at the age of exactly, exactly. But then, if I judge it correctly, I wasn't going to ask about your youth because there was a terrible time with your mother, mm. yeah. a sore memory. But mm. at 12, when you go from Arsifa to, to yeah. Buenos Aires, you, you, you have to behave like a 15 or a 16-year-old because yeah. a 12-year-old alone in a city, maybe San Lorenzo were brilliant towards you, but yeah. I guess that they weren't hugging and kissing yeah, you all no. the time. Yeah, so you have to start to behave like a 15 or 16-year-old. You have to mature quickly. Very, you, know, very you have hard. to be... You have to be very mature, and as I said before, you have to leave your profession. It's like, even if I'm not with my family here, I need to see all the effort they have done in the past for me. And now, because I'm not living with them, or because I'm alone in, in, in Buenos Aires, and because it's the biggest city, or because then when you sign your first contract and you start to have some money, you, have, you can buy your first car, or you can go to or rent some apartment... If you're not mature enough, you know, to manage those situations, could be, you know, a little bit... You can lose you know, your place. High. You can lose your place, it's your brain, easy. because how many times we've we seen uh, big talents, young players with probably more talents uh, than myself in that time, and, uh, and, and probably they were just thinking, oh, the first contra... I would sign and we buy that car or playing in the game just thinking which car I'm going to buy or just playing in the game which apartment or where I'm going to live. There's, a, there's an interesting contrast in that you, in, in 2005, coming to Holland, although you've been to UAE before, you're coming from Argentina to Europe. But if I understand it correctly, you've explained mm. that Messi, who you named, and who made that little dancing run down the left, as well as his beautiful goal, yeah, yeah, yeah. this little guy holds off big old Ed Carlos in the mm. penalty box yeah, to yeah, cross because yeah. he sees your left foot coming yeah, and he knows, yeah, yeah. I'll put it on Pablo's left foot, it's <laughs> going to be a beautiful moment. But this is a kid who you guys as a group didn't know about because he'd done the reverse. Instead yeah. of going to Arecife to Buenos Aires, yeah, he went he'd to gone Barcelona. from Rosario, yeah, Rosario to Did, Barcelona. Is it, is it the case that you didn't know but this fellow? As I say... Uh, you know, I know Jorge, his, his dad, his family, and I think his family was a massive support for Messi when they left Rosario and they went to Barcelona. I think they had a very hard time at the beginning because, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> you don't know anyone and, and you're a young lad with a big talent, but at the end of the day, your parents are there, your family is there with a different language because mm. even if you're in Spain sometime in Catalonia, you go in school and you have to speak Catalan and people find it struggling, even the Spanish the people. So, the you know, very hard time, but the same thing. They were there. I remember the, the manager, Hugo Tocali, when, um, well, it was Pancho Ferrara then, the manager, but the first time that, that we met Messi, the manager was talking about him he was saying, we are looking to bring uh, a young lad who is playing in uh, Barcelona Academy. We heard about him, he's good, and, and, and we would like to have him in, uh, with us because we are just thinking Messi to 
at least uh, three or four weeks with us before we played the tournament. And it was fantastic because no, no, we didn't know Messi. We, nobody knew Messi at the time because we, we knew between each other because we were playing in, in, in the academies against all the time or even spending three days a week training in Argentina or 80-90% of the players that were playing in the in, in Argentinian league. So we, 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 we knew each other but nobody knew Messi. And that was fantastic the first time that we met him because he was so quiet. He was in the dressing room, you know, he was sat down, not talking to anyone. And imagine Messi, he was very... Very thin, very slender. Exactly, no... But obviously, then he started to talk uh, on the pitch. <laughs> the thing that I think it was it was like amazing. You, as it was soon amazing. as you begin to remember it, you smile. No, I smile because I, I remember exactly like it was yesterday. Uh, because <laughs> it's one of those uh, moments where something is a massive impact. You know, in someone who say, "Wow, that play is is really really good." We never thought it was that good. He came three days before he played. His first game with uh, with us against, uh, I think it was a Paraguay, a friendly game in uh, Argentinian Argentino Juniors uh, Stadium, and uh, he he came on in the second half. He played about 20-25 minutes, and he was tripling people, you know, doing everything so so easy, and we were really impressed about his quality. Then, of course, we went to the qualification tournament for the World Cup in Colombia. We finished third. He's done well also there, but he was more coming. He was not playing as a start in every game. He was more a substitute coming in the second half, fresh, you know, quick. And in that tournament, the first game, he was on the bench against USA. The first game he was on the bench, he came on in the second half. We, we lost 1-0. And of course, he, he made the difference in the second half, and and we thought this guy has to play as a starting. You cannot have Messi on the bench. He's he's one of the the best player we have in this squad. And then the second game, he he played as a starting, and uh, he scored. He scored, uh, and then well, we won that tournament because of, uh, one of the reason is because he was there. See the thing that while you're talking, I'm smiling too because. Mm. I don't like you've got this feeling. Well, look at this kid, and he's Argentinian, so it's your country. Yeah, it's yeah, beautiful. Yeah. But he's mm. they say patrimonio, don't they, in, in Spain? Like, mm. in a way, for anybody who loves football, he belongs to them too mm. because he's no relation of mine. He's never going to win Aberdeen or yeah. Scotland the trophy. Yeah. But while he's still playing, we've been given the gift of being able to watch this. And the thing I said about making mm. it made you smile is it's yeah. just joy watching him, yeah. whether he's your friend or whether he's your countryman or not. Unless yeah, I suppose yeah. you play for Real Madrid, yeah, it's yeah. just joy, isn't it? Yeah, I think for everyone who loves football, I think is uh, you know it's fantastic to see Messi playing in every week. He broke all the records. He won everything with Barcelona. It was a shame that we lost the final in uh, in Brazil, the World Cup. In 2014, because maybe that winning Messi winning that tournament thing, it was changes everybody's you know, something that it, uh, it cannot do. You know, nothing else in football. But you know, but this part of the reason happens. I started with this in that you're a winning group. What really makes me mad because 
Okay, against Chile, penalties. Yeah. Against Germany, 1-0. It could easily have been 1-0. Yeah, 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 we'll miss a few chances. There's, there's no difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. is a difference between victory and defeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're a winning group. Yeah, yeah. Because you win in 2005, beating Nigeria in the final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in the Olympics, for the third sort of tournament in a row for you, yeah. it's Brazil in the semi-final. Brazil in the semi-final. Nigeria yeah. in the, in the final. final. I look at your group and I don't see the team that lost in the World Cup final, the team that lost in the Cup America final, I see a group that has won things that um, has unified. To win an Olympic gold yeah. is still special. Yeah. To be world champions, which Argentina hadn't yeah, done yeah, at yeah. 2005, yeah. the youth level, since 10 years before Maradona. Yeah, 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 yeah. These are special things. So I don't like... The reason I'm asking is... You regret losing the big finals, but yeah. you're a group of men, who, a generation who've been winners. Yeah, we, uh, it was a great generation of uh, players that we... We were together, you know, in so many times, like, as you say, the under-20, then we went to the Olympics, you know, the World Cup, then Copa America, both times. And it seems that it was a, a fantastic generation for Argentina, which, uh, you know, we've been enjoying ourselves playing together because uh, I think is is something amazing or special when you... The same group of players been always involved in different and, and, and you know the progress of all the players been fantastic. Yeah, it's been uh, eleven years uh, since that tournament, but it seems uh, it was yesterday. You know, uh, so uh, great memories uh, for everyone. Uh, but of course, uh, in our country, it's not enough to reach a finals. Uh, you know. We are very demanding because we sometimes Argentinians people we we have too much passions and some maybe sometimes we don't uh, realize how difficult it is to to reach a final. Sometimes you see a lot of big teams that they they've been a lot of times uh, so many years without playing a final in the World Cup and and. and and for that group of players to be involved in, in that final in, in 2014 and then two times in the Copa America, which uh, we were also unlucky because we lost the ball finals on penalties uh, sometimes, you know, it happens. But as I say, I think, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure if you do ask to all the players if they are so happy of uh, what we have done for the national team, all of them, they would say, of course, we are very happy. But sometimes we, uh, Argentina, we don't accept. Got can beaten. I, can I and and, and it's something that we are, we're still looking forward to it. But, but, okay, you don't accept, but also maybe the people around you, which is what I'm rebelling against, they don't appreciate. Yeah, of course. I think there are a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Tell exactly. me the feeling. Tell me the f- You're like Muhammad Ali. Yeah. You're like Carl Lewis. No, no. Yeah, You're like God Beeman. Mm. You're an Olympic gold medalist. Yeah, yeah, of course. I no, want to know I, what that felt and, like. And, 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 and listen, all the time I've been watching now the Olympics uh, games in, in in Brazil. Then before when they were in London, I was here, and every time now I see the Olympics games and and some of uh, obviously I don't watch every single sport. Sometimes you go three or four that are your favorites, and you. But apart from that, when you see. People choose uh, hanging the, the 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 gold medal and crying and, and and just thinking, not many people can say that. Uh, every time when I go back home and I see the the gold medal there in, in my house, I say, wow, this is uh, 
probably will never get a chance again to to be in in, in the Olympic Games, and that was the, the only time. And we took the opportunity, and and, and that is something amazing. As I say, maybe football in the Olympic Games, you know, is something amazing. Look at Brazil; they were the only competition that they were looking for, and see the fans in the games. There were sixty, seventy thousand fans waiting for Brazil to win it. Sometime in Argentina, you know, it's not the same. You know, it's a under twenty-three, only three major players, and the people expect, uh, you know this group of players to do the same thing in, in the World Cup and the Copa America. So, you know, as I said before, that's why it's very demanding. Let's just say the word mm. Russia and leave that aside. Mm. There's still time. No, we'll, no, of course. But yeah. we'll put that to one side. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Yeah, yeah. I want to praise your, your current manager and it's an obsession of mine so every guest is allowed to say no that's rubbish Graham mm. shut up whatever yeah, if you yeah, want yeah. when you're waiting to go to Beijing as a group of players yeah. Barcelona says um, Messi can't come he's not allowed yeah yeah and FIFA and the Olympics in Argentina say he yeah. must come and it goes to the sport court and the sport court says Barcelona you're right it's not a FIFA tournament it's not in the calendar he can't go yeah, and yeah. Pep is the new coach in St Andrews, first summer, yeah. first time he's been a senior coach ever, and yeah. his club has gone to the court to say we keep Messi. And Pep says, "I'm in charge. I won the gold. I know the importance. Yeah. He's going." And he well, sends him to the other of side of the planet with a Champions League qualifier to win. Yeah, yeah. And for me, in terms of sport and stories and judgments and values, yeah. that's a moment of brilliance, human yeah. brilliance. Were you aware of all this? Hundred percent. Uh, I think it was um, because Guardiola. He, he won that the government in Barcelona, and, and he he knew what it means for the player to, to have the opportunity to go there and, and try 
to win a, a medal. And especially because uh, sometimes professional footballers, we, we, we travel in all the time around the world and, and we go to the best hotels and, and, and uh, always business class. And, and that is brilliant, it's fantastic. But I think always when you're in the village there, in, in the, everyone is in the same situation. It's something more amateur, you know, that spirit, amateur spirit that you, you had in the past when you were kids and then you were you know all those values efforts uh, you know that you, we were talking before is isn't there in the village remember going to to have a meal and taking the play and and having the food uh, you know on my own and then having Rafa Nadal in the same situation Kobe Bryant there asking for the burger in Burger King everyone are in the same situation apart from being a big big uh, star and this is something that I really appreciated when I, when I was there. As a group, when you find out he's going to join you, you kind of go, right, hey, we're going to win this. Or... Well, we were a really good team. Uh, up front, it was him, it was uh, Riquelme, it was uh, Aguero, Lavezzi, you know, Mascherano was there. Um, you know, we, we were a good team. And of course, uh, we, we were looking to win it. That was not easy because uh, it was tough, uh, especially because we play Holland and then we play Brazil in the semi-final. Ronaldinho was there and Brazilian they were looking to win the gold medal as well. So, and then and then we played uh, against Nigeria again uh, at midday in China uh, in August. Uh, you can imagine it was. Uh, it was Nigerian oh, weather. Yeah, it was Nigerian <laughs> weather. They were running up and down, and we were like... It was tough, and, uh, and we won uh, with a fantastic about, goal. Tell me about Maria. the beauty of that goal. That is one of the all-time most beautiful yeah, goals. it was a finish. You know, it was so... Uh, if that was me in front of the goalkeeper on one-on-one situation in a final. <laughs> no chance to do what <laughs> Di Maria has done. You know, but... The it, turn and pass is... Is Messi's. He's so deep where yeah. he's playing now. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Turns on. He just the right foot is like a snooker pass. Yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't. It just and goes glides. And the, the timing, the, right? Yeah, the timing is always the right timing. It's fantastic. You know, you don't have to look at when Messi got the ball. You just need to make the run, and you know, you will know the ball will be there. It's like he sees everybody. Di Maria's finish it was unbelievable. So if I, you, you correct me if I'm wrong. So Di Maria's running onto it. The keeper says, I'm going to come and make, yeah, make yeah, a decision. Yeah, yeah. And the ball is kind of slightly to the right foot of Di Maria, yeah. but he uses his left foot to yeah. kind of play a Seve Ballesteros yeah. golf shot, get yeah, under yeah. it, dink it with his left, going to the right, and it just yeah, yeah, loops yeah. over the keeper oh, from fantastic. a big distance. It's good. It was fantastic. It was uh, one of those finishing. You know, well, that is the quality that I was uh, talking before. You know, those players, they go that cold mind to do those things in those moments, mm. you know, because it's something natural. Mm. As I say, maybe another player, he, he tried to finish in a different way, but uh, if you know Di Maria, he always tries those things. And you, chipping you, the ball, you, he scored a few more goals doing the same thing than in Real Madrid and Benfica, you know. You're humoring me so far, but we've talked about two left foot goals and I think your goal against Brazil is, is equally equally yeah. good that's his good foot and it's your bad yeah. foot so I'm giving <laughs> your goal the same prize and points talking about moments that people choose to do things 
You, you played in a, in a really, really good Espanol team. Really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. You won the cup fantastically against yeah. the Zaragoza side, yeah. who put six and seven against Barcelona. Oh, yeah, they got beat. Yeah, incredible. I mean, how did they get to the final? You... I, I was, uh, that was funny because then I was with Milito's brothers. We were... Uh, Diego up front, Diego up front, at the back. At the back. And uh, after that game, we went to play... Um, friendly games with the national team and we were there talking about the game and, and, and I was saying in lads I'm so sorry I can't believe I think as a Zaragoza fan to beat Barcelona to beat Real Madrid in, in two games and they hammered them and they hammered them in two games it's not like uh, an FA Cup here that you, you win you lose you go through or you no no two home and away. games yep. two games home and away and they lost 4-1 against Arsenal in the final. Yeah, yeah. we were good at that. They never played. No, no, no. No, no, we, we were a bit of a team during the whole game. And uh, that Saragossa team was really strong team. But as you said before, at that time, uh, this, the three years spent with Espanyol, we were a strong group of players with a great mentality and, and with big players because uh, Tamudo, Luis Garcia, Riera... Uh, Van de la Peña, then Rufete came, Pandiani. <laughs> and two more I need to ask you about. Pochettino, who I spent Maurice, yeah. an hour and a half with two weeks ago down at his enormous training ground. Yeah, Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. And yeah. that man, like, he loves his football. Argentinians mm. not, don't just know how to play and coach football. They mm. can talk football. Yeah, yeah, What kind of teammate? I guess you knew then he'd be a yeah, manager, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was my first season at Espanyol and he was, uh, that was his last season as a player because he retired after that. I knew at that time that Pochettini was going to be a manager for sure. You know, uh, he was 34, 35. He was not playing regular, you know. He was a really important player to have in the team, in the squad, because he was a very experienced player, you know, always talking to everyone and... And now he's, uh, he's doing a great job as a manager. He's done it for the Espanyol because he took Espanyol when they were in a relegation zone. And he was, I think, for the manager for the first time to, to take uh, you know, uh, the charge of a team who is in the bottom three that you, you don't have experience. But that shows his personality. You know, uh, He goes to the camp now, wins 2-1. Uh, they won 2-1. De La Peña scored twice that game and then uh, went to Southampton he's done fantastic and now he's doing a great job in uh, sports I think I need to ask you know, it's up to you but there's one teammate there who isn't alive anymore and I remember yeah. Andrews Iniesta has a book out right now where yeah, yeah. the people that worked with him went to speak with Danny Harkey's wife who hadn't watched football yeah. all the way up to the World Cup final and her mum mm. said we need to watch the World Cup final. Yeah, yeah. It's Spain. And yeah, yeah. She can't watch and she's w- washing her hair. Yeah, yeah. And her mum's watching the game and Andres scores. Yeah, when they, yeah, and he runs to the corner talk. and lifts his shirt yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. Siempre Danny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Danny's mother in law calls yeah, her daughter. Yeah, yeah. Come through, come see Yeah, and a really special moment. Are you watching yeah. the game in that moment? Yeah, watching. Uh, yeah, I was watching it. I was with Manchester City in USA for the preseason. we all been uh, watching that game. First, obviously, when I remember was in Disbury watching TV and, uh, and I heard about that mm. news and I couldn't believe it. I just, uh, I remember I, I, I took the phone and I made a call to Ivan de la Peña because they were also in a pre-season. They were uh, up in near Girona. Eh? Just, uh, you know, uh, and he, he, he was dead, everyone. Uh, he was a such lovely guy. Yeah. 
he was captain and also with a he was having a great moment. Everyone was talking him like uh, one of the centre-back for Spain. And, uh, there were a few clubs interested on him as well. So it's a shame. It was a shame, real shame, you know. Then, of course, uh, that's why Iniesta, I think, uh, apart from uh, being a, a great player, he, he got the massive respect from everyone, especially from uh, Espanol fans, because sometimes the rivalry is... Uh, in those moments, you know, doesn't matter. It's just about being a, a lovely human, a lovely person, and they know each other as well. So I think uh, always Iniesta is, is there when it's a, a moment to, to remember Danny. It was a beautiful moment, and I just knew that you'd appreciate it like me because we get lost sometimes in mm. arguments or fights or polemic mm. around football. Well, we don't need to. Yeah, yeah. There are people of values and there are people mm. who make good human choices in sport. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. worth remembering them too mm. then rolling towards the end I don't know if we need to show you the tape of, of winning the league mm. against QPR where you save another goal you got to go and, there um, we, we, same, we, same thing we probably. could look at it yeah, you, yeah. let's look I, at the, the, I, the winner I, really, I love when uh, the people uh, remember that score in that, in that game because you opened uh, the score yeah? <laughs> yeah but no one talk about my goal yeah, that's what I'm saying it's the big goal <laughs> no this is this no, is a everyone goal. remembers the Aguero's goal. Believe me, when I scored in that game, at half time I thought that game must finish one now. <laughs> so I will be the hero of uh, <laughs> of the day, the hero of uh, the city. And then when they equalised the game and they scored the second goal, I thought I can't believe it. You know, I'm not. I don't. I don't score so uh, so many goals uh, <laughs> in each season, and it was my first and only goal. <laughs> In that season, but it was an important game, and uh, and I, that's why I thought half time that should finish the one now. But uh, no, I, I don't want to watch it, please, uh, because it made me feel so nervous. I'm still, I cannot watch that game. It's a it's a difficult question for every sportsman. But do you remember the drama and the emotion of the day? No, I think uh, I lost all my hair in that game. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened to me? I, maybe watching it. Yeah, watching, watching it. it. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was incredible. I think um, you can do like a film uh, uh, with that. You know, if we needed to finish that season in one way, that was the way to finish uh, the league because we had a lot of up and downs during the season. You know, don't forget that we were a club that eight years ago we we were. You know, every season it was a new challenge, uh, new players coming in, and then in that mentality that you need to compete with the best and a lot of things but you know um, believe me in the way we won uh, that game uh, as I say I'm still not watching it because yeah I, I'm still feeling I remember that day and, and the emotion is there the emotion yeah no. the emotion is there the emotion as a player the emotion is there I can't believe as a fan who they were there watching on TV if it was a City fans I don't know, you know. At the end of uh, on, in, in, you know, in the sky, when uh, you know they talking about different, uh, you know, leagues from 2009 and watching games, or when you play against uh, some team, they they show different games from the past. And every time I watch it on on TV that game, and and I, and I see when the camera goes to those city fans just smashing, <laughs> you know. So I, it was something, you know, incredible, amazing, because as a fan, you've just been waiting. How, for how long you've been waiting for that moment to win the league? 
to lift the trophy. And, and against a, a, a team, it, it was already safe because Bolton was uh, went down three minutes ago. I, I remember someone, or Matt Hughes, or some of his assistant, shouting to the QPR players, say, we are safe because the uh, Bolton game it, it was finished. I don't know who they were playing against. Uh, I, I think it was Stoke or... And, you know, I think that was the key of the game because when they knew they were safe, when we scored the second goal, if you look at the game, they don't play the ball back and they when they play from uh, from the middle, they play the ball back. If they do like... Uh, Just keep ball. To keep the ball, three, four touches, they pass to the goalkeeper, control and kick the ball, finish. It's game over. But someone just kicked the ball uh, away. Uh, Gives it away, more or less. You know, it was something strange. Puts the ball back and someone just kicked the long ball there. So show how when running, he took the ball, he made a throw into someone, then he passed it to the young. And that's why we, in those 30 seconds, we won the league. Mentality. Yeah, no, mentality. But thank you for the guy for QPI who kicked the, he took that decision in that moment. <laughs> and heartbreaking, obviously, for the other half of the city. I, I guess you still feel kind of sad for them up in Sunderland. <laughs> yeah, and, and also these because we were, yeah, we yeah, they were on them. We were looking at the display, the the, the images in, and, and they were celebrating, uh, you know, and then their faces. It, it was funny. It was so funny. Football is beautiful. We're finishing on a technical point because we'd be loyal to not keeping yeah, no here way, forever. No but technically, we've been bombarded with questions. And some people, they're not all for answering. Some people say, why did you choose City, not Juventus, when you left Espanyol? Others wanted to know a little bit about how you've adapted, why this place is someone that's made you fall in love with it. But the biggest question that we've had is about the evolution of right-back play under your different managers here. Yeah. From wing-back, right-back, and also yeah, yeah. The, the drills. What, what are you being asked to do now in learning every day in training? Yeah. Positional play, is it a big change? Are the drills under this manager yeah. pretty different from what's being asked of you tactically yeah, yeah, every yeah. day in the other managers? Take us into the yeah, training yeah. ground. Well, uh, all the managers are different. They have different style of play. And right back is one of those positions where you probably you are not the start of the team. You just need to do your, your job for the team. I can name probably three or four full backs who in the last 10 years, maybe they, they have a massive influence when they were in the team and when they were not in the team. That maybe Michael, when he was into Dani Alves in Barcelona, Philip Lamp. Maybe Zanetti? By Zanetti when he was... Uh, but then he's, he's one of those positions where, from my point of view, you, all you need is just be a consistency player, you know, week in, week out. And, of course, sometimes um, the manager with the, the style of play, they prefer a fullback who likes to support in attack all the time, uh, you know, go up and down and... and and try to create, uh, you know, situation two against one right the wing or another managers just prefer a fullback who can defend more, who is tactically got more sense to play. Now with Guardiola, we're doing a different uh, movement as a fullback, so you're going from outside to inside to create an extra man in the middle. 
Since I've been here, you know, I've always been enjoying uh, playing with all of them. I think, uh, you know, my evolution uh, been progressing really well as a player with all of them. And of course, I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> but as I say, you need to be consistency is the key for that position and be secure and, and, and be a player who always the manager can trust and do the job for the team. I, I know I, I'm not a technical player like Silva, like Yaya, like Aguero. I'm, I, if I pretend to do their job, no, something will be wrong. You know, as I need them because of their quality, they will need me for my work of rate or, or because we are players that we work harder than them on the pitch because of the characteristics of the players are different. And real team, the good team is where all the mix, you know, work uh, together and I think always uh, you know this is my ninth uh, season at City and 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 for me when I first came here it was a, a really hard decision because Manchester City was not the club it is today it was a different club with less ambitions but I wanted to come to the Premier League for me as a player I'm always when I was young I've been watching Premier League games and, and for me to come here to have the experience to play here at that time it was great but then of course when the big money came into the club it was a massive challenge for myself to prove and, and, and see no no I, I can prove myself that I want to be part of this football club even if they can spend 50-60 million in the best right back I need to show myself that I'm prepared for this am I ready for this and I've been working hard for that and today I can say that I won uh, a few trophies, uh, I played more than 300 appearances for the club and that made me feel very proud. I think that's an understatement. You should. Um, Pablo Zabaleta, Olympic champion. Mm. Pablo Zabaleta, the man who brought the Manchester City fans that title. And Pablo Zabaleta, the man the manager can rely on. <laughs> Thank you very much. No problem, it's a pleasure. But Good Next time in Barcelona. <laughs> Good to talk football with a man who knows how to play at that. Ah, I can be all day talking about football. Now, whoa, 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 whoa. That's a very dangerous <laughs> yeah. thing to say to me. Yeah. There you go. The big interview is produced by Backpage and by me, Graham Hunter. Thanks as always to Beer Jacket for the music. Please don't really keep up to date with everything that we're doing at grahamhunter.tv. But sign up. It's free. There's a little box for your email address and it means that you won't miss an episode. Never mind all the podcast apps that you've got I'm undercast, overcast, wombling free whatever it might be, sign up with us and we send you the podcast every time it comes out and we tell you about little pieces of news and we allow you to get your questions to us for the guests as we announce them there's a newsletter, it'll keep you informed with everything that the big interview is doing we're on Facebook, look for the big interview, we're at GH Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, please keep in touch let us know what you think we do this for you, not just for ourselves, although, damn it, we do enjoy it. Thanks for being there. Bye. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.